Hi, and welcome everyone to Open Mic with Kristen, where each week we feature events and successes with our staff and our students of Beaufort County Schools. Let's get started. Hey everyone, today we have a really fun guest. We're excited um, to have Mr. Mark Doan, who is a vital part of our senior leadership team here at Central Services. Mr. Doan, how you doing today? Thank you very much for having me on. It's I've been trying to get on your podcast for a lot of months now. And Lies. Finally. Yeah. Finally, you've allowed me. We have been asking Mr. Doan for a really long time to come up here, so we're excited to have him. Really, we are. All right, so tell us how long have you been with Beaufort County Schools, and what is your role? I am very fortunate to be starting my ninth year with Beaufort County Schools. I came in June of 2014, and... Um, my role is, is the assistant superintendent. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your background, where, you know, your employment roles prior to coming to Beaufort County Schools. Sure. Uh, so I originally started my career in the great state of Virginia, and oh. then I moved to North Carolina after teaching high school social studies for about five years and came to the Burlington area and taught there and then was lucky enough to get an opportunity to work for the Department of Public Instruction for a couple of years, which kind of led me out of the classroom and into the HR world. Okay. And so I worked in beginning teacher support and teacher recruitment retention, and then finally on the uh, side of the hiring and firing side of things. So how long were you at DPI? Uh, Two years. I was, back then they were called teachers on loan. Now they're called regional education facilitators. Okay. So I was there and not being from the state, it was a great opportunity because I got to work with 19 different school systems and about 20 different charter schools all around the central part of the state. Okay. And so I got to meet all the folks that worked in the HR and the assistant superintendents, directors, et cetera, all on that side of things. Um, so it gave me a great opportunity to kind of learn how North Carolina does things and in terms of their uh, practices and policies and procedures, especially with regard to beginning teachers and recruitment, retention of teachers. So are you originally from Virginia? I am. Okay. And when you came to North Carolina to teach, was it social studies? It was. We've had a lot of social studies people up here lately. Well, don't let folks fool you about the math and the science. We are the foundation (laughs) of the educational program. So as you can tell, Mr. Doan has one heck of a sense of humor, so we're going to have fun today. That's interesting. I didn't know that you were ever at DPI. Well, I honestly was only on the building campus about once a month. The rest okay. of the time I was out in the field. Traveling, so. yeah. Now that's the total opposite. He's here a lot more than <laughs> traveling, for sure. What made you come to Beaufort County? Well, I had actually vacationed in Beaufort County prior to getting the job here because Beaufort County, for me at least, was the gateway to Ocracoke. Okay. And I had some friends that lived here. We would stay with them. We would then get on the Swan Quarter Ferry for our annual summer trip to Ocracoke. So I was familiar with the area as a tourist, but not as a resident. And then my predecessor, Mr. John Conway, who was the assistant superintendent before me, he and I knew each other. We traveled in the same HR circles across the state. And when he told me that he was looking elsewhere, then I jumped at the chance to succeed him. Now, your wife is also a teacher, correct, at one of our schools? That is correct. She's a kindergarten teacher at Northeast Elementary School. Kindergarten. I did not know that. She is a brave lady. Well, Kindergarten stuff. So you really, um, you just really had a love for Beaufort County. That's neat. I didn't know that. Absolutely. That either. That's great. So uh, you are so much more than just hiring and recruiting as the assistant superintendent. So tell us some of the roles that you play just day to day. Well, I've been very fortunate that, in a small school system, you get to wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. 
So I've been exposed to and part of the operation side of things, everything from school nutrition to transportation to maintenance, capital issues. Uh, I've been involved on the curriculum side of things to a, to a certain extent when it comes to um, you know facilitating some of the I wouldn't say I would facilitate the meetings. I would say what I would do is help implement things the Curriculum Council tries to adopt for our, our schools, uh, working with the senior leadership team, uh, working with our principals, working with our teachers. So when you're the assistant superintendent, the good news is you're involved in everything. You really are. Uh, the bad news is you're involved in everything. Yeah, I think it so. is good and bad. And, you know, if Dr. Cheeseman's ever not here, I always go to you. <laughs> and so, and I think um, I think a lot of people do that. So, like, you are the second in charge. You know, you're, they're step, you're stepping in if he's not available at the building. And I think we have a good team structure in place. Uh, and our, our principals and our district leaders all work together. And so it's you're never really isolated, mm-hmm. and that's so that's true. a good thing here. Yeah, we do have a really great team. I was actually just saying that yesterday. So, are there any joys to the job that you'd like to share? I think when you, to me, the the biggest joy is when we hire a really good person, regardless if they're a first year teacher or a twenty year veteran, and they do really great things in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, our job is to find and hire the very best people, and then hopefully make their working conditions so good that they want to stay here because in that way we directly or indirectly impact the classroom. Uh, We're not in there. We're not, I mean, students are going to learn the most from their teachers in the school and our job is to make the school as best we can for those teachers and their students. And so when we visit, you know, when we do the beginning teacher of the year, for example, when we see the first year teacher and, you know, all of our schools nominate, we have great nominations for that program and we have great competition amongst ourselves for the best beginning teacher um when we when i talk to folks at job fairs we we're very fortunate to hire from all over the state and and literally all over the country mm-hmm. and when i tell people about bover county i'm always very very honest because i don't want them to get here and have buyer's remorse and and believe they were fed a fishtail when they're out and about well, I think you love where you live, though, so you have to yeah. do that to recruit really well. But I think it, it, it when you see that joy of the first-year teacher, and you, I know you see a lot of exhaustion, but you also see that they're, when they see that they're making a positive impact, that that is a good thing. Well, that's great. Do you ever have, you know, I mean, do you ever feel bad if, you know, somebody doesn't stay that long because you almost feel like you've picked them or you've hired them or... Well, I think it just depends because people are at different places in their life. Where you're at at 22 is not necessarily where you're going to be at when you're 32. 100%. And so, um, I mean, I think the days, and, and this is something that we share with our principals all the time, that the, the days of people who enter one position, whether it's a teaching position or any job, and stay for the next 30 years, those don't, no longer exist. Yeah. And it, I think it used to be that if you were someone who moved from job to job, it was considered that you might be unstable or maybe you're not a great candidate. But now there's just opportunities, and people are more mobile, and they take advantage of those opportunities, and we see that in the, the teaching force. But we take advantage of that because that means that there are folks out there who in the past would have stayed in another county for 30 years, and now they take a look at the things that are going on here and say, I'd like to take advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we not only recruit brand-new teachers, but we recruit veteran teachers to change systems and come to work with us. And I think that's a really great thing about you is that you're open-minded to that because, um, you know, I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day that I pride myself on only having three jobs my entire life. And today, you know, kids are just different. They, 
they will go somewhere else for a little bit more money or a different opportunity or a different experience. And see, you're recognizing that, which I think is neat. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you have to in HR. Now, you also, um, were you our superintendent, interim superintendent at one point? I was uh, for the fall of 2018, from June of 2018 until December of 2018. That We refer to that as the failed Doan administration. Oh, no. <laughs> And why was that? Oh, the, that my job in those six months was just to keep us on the tracks. Okay. So who, which superintendents was that between? So Dr. Don Phipps uh, hired me mm-hmm. in 2014, and then he left in the summer of 2018. And then I was the interim superintendent from summer to December of 2018. And then Dr. Cheeseman came on board in January of 2019. And happy to pass that baton back. Excited to see Dr. Cheeseman and... Happy to move back into my old office. I got it. Oh, so you got to move into the big office. Well, since we didn't hire anybody to take my spot, I just worked out of both of them. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. I like it. Okay. You know, here at Beaufort County Schools, one of the most important things, you know, obviously, and you said this before, that you do is you handle HR. So talk about, you know, staffing those positions and how how does that look, that process? Well, the first thing that that our, our own teachers and employees are our best recruitment and retention. If the folks that work in the system enjoy being here, speak fondly of it, uh, we want our teachers to go out and talk about the good things that are happening in our schools. We want our employees to go out and say, this is a great place to drive a bus or a great place to be a school nutrition employee, whatever the case may be. And if they know friends, family, people in other counties, if, if they can help us get the word out about our vacancies and they can attract folks, then that's tremendous. I mean, we absolutely want that. We want people to be open and honest about the positives and, and the challenges as well, but also to do the best they can to attract great talent. So we that's one of the ways it starts. The next area is with our principals, with our directors, with our supervisors, the folks that do the interviews and do the hiring because it's their job, number one, to enable our folks who are here to want to stay and then so that they will talk about how good they have it at the school or the building or whatever the case may be. And then they're the ones who are going to go out and talk and recruit along with myself and others to draw talent in. And it, it falls on them to, you know, help set up a situation for everyone's success and to have people. And then, you know, a lot of it, too, is the presentations that we do, all the different teachers that go out and present at different conferences. We have we are very fortunate to have lots of different teachers in lots of different areas who are presenting, people who see those at conferences. There are many times where people say, hey, I've heard this is going on in Beaufort County. I've heard that's going on in Beaufort County. That's an opportunity I want to be a part of, I'm excited about. Those are our best word of mouth is by far and away our best recruitment method. I mean, the I can remember – which this makes me sound old, but I can remember when I started in the HR world, you would go to a job fair and there were far more school systems than there were candidates. And candidates oh. were really, I mean, it was the good old days where candidates were fighting each other over a job. Yeah, That no longer happens. And you go to a job fair now and there are far more school systems who need someone than there are candidates. That's right. And so candidates, you know, anybody can go to any school system's website, see the details of what vacancies they have, what the job fairs and our folks do, that is, is making connections. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this is a place that you're a good fit, that you can be successful, that has opportunities for growth? That's what we want our folks talking about, and they're the ones who go out along with our principals and others, and they spread that word, and I think that helps us more than anything else. Yeah. 
And I know you and I even work together a little bit on that, you know, putting in the paper, putting it on Facebook, social, because it's really important and easy too. you know, like putting a QR code on there so somebody can just scan that and get right to our careers page. Well, you, you have, I mean, folks, the, the talent that we're recruiting now does lots of research mm-hmm. and they're going to Google our school system. They're going to look at our Facebook page. They're going to look at the school's Facebook pages. They are going to find out. They're going to look for all the good things, but they're also going to look for are there, are there problems, are there issues. And so, obviously, everything that, that we have that we can highlight in terms of why you would want to be a part of our team is going to be a recruitment tool for us. Right, right. I think we do a great job of that, too. So, and you do. You do a ton of recruiting at college fairs. What are some of the, um, the points and tools that you use to recruit? The first thing I would say is, You've got very supportive community that it's nice to work in a school system where, by and large, our parents and our families and our community support the system. That means that they're going to help. And support doesn't just mean that they're going to contribute when it's time for a fundraiser. Support means that if you're having challenges in the classroom and you have to call home, you're going to find a team member on the other side of the phone who's going to work with you for the betterment of their child. Uh, You're going to find support when it comes to uh, if we need, uh, you know, if there's... We need to rally the troops when it comes to asking for funding, whether it be local funding, state funding, federal funding. You have folks that would speak highly of the school system as opposed you know, to being derogatory about our needs. Mm-hmm. I think the other area is our location in that we are right next door to Greenville. We are close to a college town, which comes with lots of benefits, especially for our beginning teachers. Mm-hmm. But we're also, we have, if you're a person that's an outdoor enthusiast, then you're You've hit the jackpot in Boomer County. Yeah. Um, but you're not that far away. You're only two hours from Raleigh. You're only two hours from the Outer Banks. You're only an hour and a half or so from the Crystal Coast. So, But you're not living in the areas where it's overpopulated, overpriced. So you, you've kind of got the best of both worlds. So there can be some separation between your work life and your home life. And this is a great place to work and live, but you're also in the center of a lot of different attractive places, whether it be Raleigh, Greenville, Outer Banks, et cetera. Do you feel like we have a lot more that come back home or that move here? I would say the vast majority come back home. Okay. Um, but it's it's not a hard sell, especially if you're recruiting out of state. Most people, whether they even visit or not, know where the Outer Banks are. Mm-hmm. And so to once they see where we're at located on the coast and they see some pictures of the water, that's usually a tremendous hook for them. Mm-hmm. But, but the vast majority of our folks are folks who are either originally from here or who have family here. Well, then that means we're doing our job really good. Absolutely. I've never asked you that, so I'm excited to, to know that. So another really big thing that you do is supporting of our beginning teachers, which we call BTs. So tell everyone listening just a little bit about that support here at BCS. Sure. Um, again, I hate to be the old man who says back in my day, but back in my day there was no such thing as beginning teacher support. I literally can remember Here's your keys. Here's your kids. Good luck with that. Go and, ahead. Yeah. And if if it weren't for the my fellow teachers at the school who uh, who took me under their wing and showed me everything from classroom management to how to use the copier to where things were in the building, then I probably wouldn't have survived. Mm-hmm. And so North Carolina has a mandatory beginning teacher program that all school systems must follow. But then you're able to go above and beyond that, and it is a huge retention issue because. There are, I always equate it to this, in, in my experience, in other jobs, if you're a first-year lawyer or a first-year doctor, 
then you are not given the most high-profile case or the most complicated medical procedure. You ease into the job. Mm -hmm. But in teaching, we expect the first-year person who's next door to the 30-year veteran to both be equally as good and equally as knowledgeable on day one. That's such a good analogy. And so our beginning teachers are right right out of the gate. The expectation is, okay, you're going to be just – you're going to do exactly what this person does. Mm -hmm. And so supporting them, the first thing you have to learn, I think, is – how much support is enough and how much is not enough because teachers, as you well know, are constantly inundated with professional development, uh, meetings, requests outside of school. And these are all good things, but time, the, the gift of time is the one thing we can't give folks. That would be the ideal to give more time. So saying that you don't want to add one more thing to your plate unless that one more thing is very valuable. Mm -hmm. So we try to balance what we do with our beginning teacher support, which means we don't overkill when it comes to beginning teacher meetings because there are lots of meetings that teachers have to be involved in. We ha- we tap into our veteran teachers to serve as mentors. We contract with outside retired teachers to also come into the classroom and do informal observations, offer feedback and support. Then each school tends to have its own beginning teacher program of support that, that really just looks like what their school needs. Um, because it may be just elementary or middle school or high school, whatever the case may be. Oh, so it's school by school basis. You you have kind of an informal one, school by school, and then okay. you have the district umbrella that shapes all of it. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, I remember when Alicia Vosberg was on here from Eastern, and she was saying they they do like a veteran mm-hmm. kind of program type of thing. And, and it looks a little different depending on the school and the number of beginning teachers. I mean, some of our schools, early college hasn't had a beginning teacher in the nine years that I've been here. So, oh, wow. you know, they, they uh, but, stay. but early colleges tend to attract veteran teachers. Yeah. So, um, with the exception, I think actually I take that back. Mr. Caroon might've been a first year teacher, but outside of him, I believe the rest have all been at least three or three or more years. So any, do we offer anything for like veteran teachers? We, d- we do in the sense of, well, when you're a teacher and you one of the things on your teacher evaluation is, is about your advocacy for other teachers and, you know, the reflection on your um, practice. So serving as a mentor does work and that does count for that. We also do mentor pay. The state requires mentors but doesn't pay them, but Bover County Schools uses some of its federal funding to pay our mentors. It's certainly not as much as we would like, but it is at least but something. But it's something. That's um, right. And so I think it's an opportunity for our veteran teachers to lead and to to give back to the beginning teachers. And also, I mean, I think they understand at some point in teaching career – you're, you're going to exchange students, and I need you to be as successful as you can be in your classroom because eventually I'm going to be teaching those same students. Yeah. So it is, and it's part of the teamwork mentality that I think you find in our school system. Do you think it, like, reinvigorates them at all? I think it too? does because I think uh, if you ask our veteran teachers, a lot of times they will talk about the ideas that our new teachers bring. Mm-hmm. The, the and, and education is all about taking someone else's idea and making it work for you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to certainly going to tweak it, but I think that collaboration, I think, assists with not getting as burnt out as possible and not being in the same routine and doing the same things over and over again. Yeah, and I, I would feel like a veteran teacher, someone that's been here 25 years, they're a little tired. So getting that, you know, having them be the mentor might just excite them a little more about what they're doing. And just having an opportunity to look at things through a different perspective. Lens, yeah, I agree. So you're a parent. You have two boys, right? I do. Um, so what were some of the opportunities your kids have here that they may not have had somewhere else in Beaufort County? Well, the first I would say is that I, I can honestly say that I never had a complaint about any of my 
child's teachers. They were all caring, dedicated educators who knew my students or my, my sons who looked, I mean, when I say knew them, I mean, in the sense of got to know their learning style, made an effort to uh, diversify how they taught that cared about, you know, had shown some genuine care, had really gone out of their way to, whether it be, you know, steer them in a certain direction based on their interests in school or assist with extracurriculars or whatever the case may be. So I think when I say you get more of a personal touch in Beaufort County Schools, you really do. Yeah, you know, I think that's important. And it's a small town and everybody knows everyone right. else. The, you well, know. what I say to our beginning teachers and any of our new employees, honestly, is the good news is a small town, everybody knows your name. The bad news is a small town and everybody knows your name. That's right, right. I think sometimes I'm maybe a little grateful that I live in Pitt County. Yeah, but, well, um, and know. that's, you know, our biggest challenge is affordable housing yeah. for our, all of our employees. And so we do have a large number of our employees who live in Greenville. And sometimes I think in, in some respects, that's not a terrible thing because you do have to, you can have some separation. Yeah. So, um, but we, you know, we don't want them to be so happy that they don't want to come back. Well, so. I always joke, I mean, you know, if you go all the way out in Bath, like as far as you can go, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's pretty far out. There's really, and I'm a city girl. And so I know you and I've laughed before, like, I don't think I could live out here, but for, for most people, that's like a dream, Yeah. you know, to, to live that far and not have anything around. And, but, um, we, we do want to move out here eventually. We just have to find the right thing <laughs> the la- right piece of land i think but well, we're happy for you to buy two or three houses and help us with the tax base yeah so. i'm gonna buy one <laughs> zero three all right so we have a bonus round okay and i don't know that mark's ever listened to the podcast oh, that, so that's he, hurtful he hurtful i live about to listen to this the bonus round but um all right a little fun we're gonna do like a what if okay so boots or sneakers which oh. would you prefer boots and i have a story for that okay i want to hear it (laughs) well so generally speaking as you know all professional educators try to dress professionally right but during the pandemic literally the weekend that it was announced that schools would be closing superintendent calls a meeting for all principals all assistant principals and all senior leadership so we can kind of now the world has changed Mm -hmm. and it suddenly stopped and we need to come up with how we're going to feed students and how we're going to give them an education and all these things on the Sunday so we can start it on Monday and right. not miss a beat. So you, in the, when superintendent calls and says, we're meeting and this is what's happening and we all need to get together, at that time I'm out and about in the community, which is jeans and cowboy boots. <laughs> and, my, you know, none of, I don't, none of my peers and none of my colleagues, I believe, had ever seen me in a pair of cowboy boots <laughs> So needless to say, to this day, I still hear about that. So You coming in in your boots? Yes. Well, I was going to ask you, like, country or rock, but I'm I'm guessing it's country. Old school rock, yes, but definitely <laughs> for the most part country, yes. Okay, I got it. What is your dream job? My dream job? Uh, I would, I'm going to bust in and say, you need to be a comedian. <laughs> he keeps us laughing in the office. I think, um... I'm a huge, huge fan of live music. Okay. So I think my dream job would be to own a small music venue. All right. Uh, and be the person who basically, all I have to do is listen to the bands play. I don't, somebody okay. else has to do all the hard work. And yeah. my job is just maybe introduce them and then sit back and listen. So that You would, could do that. You yeah, could definitely That would be my them. dream job. All right, last one. So you graduated from Chapel Hill. I, my graduate degree, yes. But you have a child that goes to state. 
That what is correct. What did that conversation look like when he accepted? Well, <laughs> what I would say is UNC, my, for, let me back up. My oldest son is has joined the military and is going to school and then is going to graduate and be an officer in the Army. Okay. I didn't know that. And he, I blame a, a, a teacher for that. He had a great ROTC teacher at Northside High School, and even though it's an Air Force program, uh, he where nothing, not, certainly nothing against the military, but it wasn't like that there's been generations of folks in my family who've been in the military, right. so it wasn't like an expectation that he must do that. But that is the power of a great teacher because wow. he had great teachers at Northside High School. They convinced him that uh, I shouldn't say convinced. They he they didn't. It's not like they had to twist his arm. But because of their discussions of their life in the military, and once he began investigating it, he decided that's what he wanted to do. That is so neat. And so when he began to research different programs and different branches of the military. What he found out was the number one Army ROTC program in the state of North Carolina is at NC State. Oh. The number two program is at East Carolina University. Oh. Uh, but the UNC Chapel Hill, which I will proudly say that he was granted admission to, okay. has a naval program. Okay. And it will break Dr. Bradley's heart to hear this, but my son did not want the Navy. He wanted the Army. Wow. And so as much as it pains me to see all that red when he's wearing his state stuff. I was going to say, you probably just but I know, a little bit. I know that when he graduates, he's ch he's turning that all in for green. Okay. And so that'll be the last we see, of course, unless my younger son goes down the evil path. But <laughs> He's intense. <laughs> uh, he's ninth grade. Okay. Oh, he's ninth. Yes. He's got some more time. So, so, yes, I have lived many years with lots of state paraphernalia and hearing about state football and state basketball and you name it, but... Uh, you know, that's the one thing... Well, I'm from New York originally, and we didn't have, like, college rivalries because we have, you know, um, pro sports up there. And so when I moved down here, it was like, I don't I don't understand this rivalry thing. And so, yeah, when I, I've been meaning to ask you that question, you know, how are you taking that? Because that's a big one. I just grin and bear it. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, Mr. Doan, we've enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much for coming. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I hope everyone enjoyed learning more about our assistant, Superintendent Mark Doan. Thank you guys for listening. Think different. Think BCS.